sharpen up my days. He's the man, he's the man, watch that. He's the man, he's the man, watch that. He's the man, he's the man, watch that podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Matt Watch That Podcast, the place for reviews, rants, and randomness. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to watch a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, I didn't have much to talk about this week, so I decided to pay homage to a horror movie icon, Vincent Price. He was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, but if you're wondering where he got that hoity-toity British accent, he did attend the Cordauld Institute of Art in London, studying for a master's degree in fine arts. But while there, he was drawn to the theater and started to appear in plays. But he found his greatest success on the big screen in horror movies. And the list is extensive. The Invisible Man Returns, House of Wax, The Mad Magician, The Fly, its sequel, Return of the Fly, House on Haunted Hill, The Tingler, great movie that I've never seen, but I bought the Blu-ray, have to watch it, The Bat, House of Usher, Pit in the Pendulum, Tower of London, The Raven, The Mask of the Red Death, The Tomb of Lygea, The Abominable Dr. Phoebes, but he did appear in other genres. In comedy, he starred in Dr. Goldfoot in The Bikini Machine and Dr. Goldfoot in The Girl Bombs. For dramas, he appeared in Laura and Edward Scissorhands. He even starred in a family film. Yes, that's right. He provided the voice of Professor Radigan in The Great Mouse Detective. He also appeared on the boob tube in episodes of Batman as the villain Egghead and had a very funny appearance on The Muppet Show. But for my generation, he was probably best well known for his contribution to the song thriller. I will admit, when you watch that video, and it has that spoken word sequence, and then Michael Jackson turns around with those yellow eyes, and Vincent Price does that laugh, it scared the hell out of me. I don't know any child my age who wasn't scarred by that. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is skip it, two stars watch at your own risk, Three stars standard fare, four stars worth checking out, and five stars must see. Now if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into it. These are my ruminations and observations of the movie. Hush, from 2016. So how'd I miss it? Well... I hadn't really heard about it, and it wasn't released in theaters, to my knowledge, so it just got lost in the shuffle of all the other stuff offered on Netflix, which is the trouble with all these streaming services. But when I started to get into other projects by Mike Flanagan, I knew I wanted to get around to this one. As mentioned, it was directed by Mike Flanagan, who helmed Absentia, Oculus, and Before I Wake. He moved on to television with The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. He's probably one of my new favorite directors, always seems to make the right choices. He tends to do the slow burn, but creates a lot of suspense from that. I really like the way he frame shots and does movement with the camera. 
The screenplay was written by Mike Flanagan and his wife Kate Siegel, who also stars in the movie as Maddie. She was born and raised in Silver Spring, Maryland, graduated from Syracuse University. She appeared in The Curse of the Black Dahlia and episodes of The Ghost Whisperer, Numbers, and Castle. She starred in Oculus and has since collaborated in all of Mike Flanagan's projects. This is something to look out for. The book Mr. Mercedes by Stephen King is visible on a shelf. Mike Flanagan would go on to direct Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. The writer speaks glowingly of this film and encouraged people to watch it. The movie begins with the introduction of successful author Maddie Young. When she was 13 years old, she contracted bacterial meningitis. She suffered hearing loss and temporary vocal paralysis, which became permanent after complications during surgery. She's currently living in an isolated cabin in the woods. Maddie is preparing a meal when her friend Sarah visits, returning her latest book, Midnight Mass. She compliments the author and talks about her favorite characters, Aaron and Riley. In a bit of fortuitousness, five years later, Mike Flanagan would turn this title into a miniseries for Netflix. Sarah asks about her writing process, and Maddie mentions that all the possible outcomes play in her head like a movie with many endings, and a voice inside her head eliminates each until the right one remains. Their conversation is interrupted by the smoke alarm, which has a piercing sound and a strobe light effect. Maddie explains that it's so loud so that she can feel the vibrations when she's sleeping. It'll wake her up. Sarah takes out the burnt roast from the oven and invites Maddie over for dinner. She declines because she has to work on her latest novel. After her friend leaves, she opens up her computer and stares at the pages of her novel, Sweetwater, flipping between the multiple endings. As she attempts to work, Maddie receives a text from her ex-boyfriend, Craig. They've been apart for about a year and she deletes it. Then, in a moment of weakness, she decides to FaceTime with him, but abruptly ends the call. He immediately calls back, but she slams down her laptop. Maddie goes to the kitchen and cleans up when Sarah pounds on the side door in distress. She's shot with an arrow from a crossbow, then stabbed by a man in a lifelike mask. His attention turns to Maddie, who is unaware of what just occurred. The man disposes of the body, then slowly enters through the back. When he's about to attack, Maddie receives a FaceTime call on her computer from her sister Max. As they're communicating, the man takes her cell phone, and Max believes she saw something move in the background of Maddie's house. She says it's probably the cat who escaped. After their call ends, she tries to find the cat, enticing it with food, but quickly gives up and leaves the door open. She grabs her laptop and receives an image, curiously from her phone. She opens up the message to see the attachments are picture of her inside the house. Hush was a very effective suspense movie. She's trapped in a house, no way to contact the outside world. It's her versus the man. A perfect atmosphere for this type of movie. But I do have to ask, has anything good happened in a cabin in the woods? Why would you do that to yourself? Haven't you watched movies? Anyway, this was a Blumhouse production. I'm not sure if you've seen the new logo, but it's really cool. As I said, I'm a big fan of Mike Flanagan. Creates some really nice shots. They used a lot of Steadicam, but it was really smooth. No shaky cam. Definitely what I like. There was a great shot in the opening where the camera was on Maddie, then it moved around and focused on her ear, and the sound faded out. So it shows that she's hearing impaired without coming out and saying it. And as an audience, we got a sense of what she does hear, which basically sounds like if you were underwater. It was a very well thought out movie. They made use of the space. This is independent filmmaking at its finest. Now for a little trivial trivia. 
The movie was filmed in 18 days and includes less than 15 minutes of dialogue. The cinematography was captured by James Neist, whose filmography includes Annabelle, The Witches, and The Bye Bye Man. It was edited by Mike Flanagan. The score was composed by the Newton brothers, Isaac and Fig. Oh no. The band is comprised of John Andrew Grush and Taylor Newton Stewart. They are not brothers, joining the ranks of the Doobies and the Righteous. They wrote the music for Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, The Grudge, The Forever Purge, and the upcoming X-Men 97 for Disney+, and have worked with Mike Flanagan on nine projects. The runtime is 1 hour 21 minutes, perfecto. It had a budget of $1 million. It premiered at South by Southwest and acquired by Netflix. I give it 4 out of 5 stars. If you've seen Hush and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along, each episode I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called MattWatchThat Playback. Mel Brooks has written and directed some of the funniest movies. Blazing Saddles is hilarious, despite how politically incorrect it is now. Well, hell, let's admit, it was politically incorrect back then, too. The Producers is amazing, and went on to become a very successful Broadway show. Spaceballs is probably his most famous parody, mostly because of the juggernaut Star Wars was, and continues to be. But there's something about Young Frankenstein that continues to tickle my fancy. I think it's the most star-studded cast that he's ever worked with. Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, Marty Feldman, Peter Boyle, Cloris Leachman, Terry Garr, and Gene Hackman. But it was also very risky. I mean, by 1974, not many people were itching to watch black and white films anymore. But Mel Brooks stuck to his guns and convinced the studio that it was the right decision. I think it has all the elements of a great parody. It takes the story, puts a little twist on it, and expands the universe. And without Young Frankenstein, we wouldn't have the 1975 Aerosmith hit single, Walk This Way. Now, I love bloopers, and it's the only reason I continue to buy DVDs and Blu-rays. If it's listed as an extra feature, I get it. And I think that Young Frankenstein has some of the funniest bloopers. So I'm going to post it in the Matt Watch That playback playlist on YouTube, and I hope you enjoy. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Burn Notice. Created by Matt Nix, the series revolves around Michael Weston, a spy who's been dismissed by the U.S. government, and uses his special ops skills to not only figure out who burned him, but to stay alive. He has some allies in Fiona Glenan, an on-again, off-again love interest who has a trigger finger, Sam Axe, a former operative with connections, and Madeline Weston, his needy mother. It has a really strong cast, I love their chemistry. Jeffrey Donovan was in Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, Changeling, J. Edgar. Gabrielle Anwar is probably best known for her scene in Scent of a Woman, where she danced the tango with Al Pacino. Bruce Campbell is probably the highlight of the show. He's most famous for the Evil Dead trilogy, Maniac Cop, Dark Man, Bubba Hotep, and Sharon Gless, Emmy Award winner who starred on Queer as Folk and Cagney and Lacey. I watched the series when it was originally on, but started around the second season. I had to get used to the voiceover by Jeffrey Donovan because his delivery is so dry, even on the comedic lines. 
but it totally works, especially against Bruce Campbell, who's more traditional in giving punchlines. It's got some really good action scenes, and if you're into the whole spy espionage world, then this is your series. Burn Notice was on for seven seasons, 111 episodes, from 2007 to 2013. There was a spin-off movie, The Fall of Sam Axe, which starred Bruce Campbell and was directed by Jeffrey Donovan. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Head over to MattSarosky.com for the latest news and updates, and come back next time for the reviews, rants, and randomness. She was born and raised in Silver Spring, Maryland. Ugh. She appeared in The Curse of the Black Dahlia and episodes of The Horse Horse Whisperer. She grabs her laptop. Her laptop?